Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, bit to get 30, bit to get 20, 20, 20, bit to get 20, 20, bit to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Welcome to a new and sparkling edition of Plank of the Week. We're doing it in a new style. We're doing it on video once again. We've managed to reopen uh, like the tombs of ancient Egypt, the uh, TV studios at News UK. But what we haven't been able to do is shoehorn any guests in because that's still not allowed. So instead of just doing a podcast by audio means, you can now watch it as well. And I'm delighted to say that I'm joined today by two absolute and utter superstars uh, of the Plank world. One is Georgie Frost, who is, of course, an all-rounder in every single way that you can imagine. She does sports, she does finance, she does personal uh, computing, she does everything. And Will Geddes, uh, security consultant and also an all-round good guy. Welcome to Plank of the Week, guys. Thanks for the invite, Mike. Uh, Why don't you kick us off with your first Plank of the Week? Well, I think it's going to be an easy one, Mike, and I think uh, I'll put my money on this character potentially winning this week. And it is the lovely President of the United States, the leader of the free world, (laughs) Donald Trump. And now, this is just because of the disinfectant business. I, I don't think it's just the disinfectant business. I think I think it's fundamentally everything that is wrapped around Donald Trump right now, particularly with the elections coming up, with his complete about face on virtually every subject. And I think especially, even though they may not necessarily be flavor of the month, how he's treating the media and shutting them down in every shape and form. And it's almost like a child has got hold of his Twitter account and is uh, in much need of some Ritalin. Well, Georgie, what do you make of uh, Mr. Trump's uh, behaviour over the past week or so? I'm just laughing at the fact that you thought it was just due to the disinfectant. (laughs) I mean, it it gets more ludicrous every time you read the news. He said something. It's got even more ridiculous and ridiculous in a scary manner because people are dying. And this is a very serious issue. And it's a very serious issue in in America. It's it's really troubling times. And if American sort of history is anything to go by, he will get another term in office. And that is another scary prospect because he will be leading the charge in trying to get the economy back on track again. And that makes me very nervous indeed. Well, of course, the funny thing about what he said is that I didn't think when he said it, once I actually listened to what he said, that I should be injecting myself with Dettol. But clearly there are people who are stupid enough to listen to that and think that that's what you should be doing. Because apparently, uh, as you say, that more and more people have been Googling disinfectant and they've been asking doctors if it should be done. And also they've now got this weird movement, which is a bit like the Tea Party movement, Will, um, where they're trying to reopen parts of Arizona, parts of Texas. They had a sort of mass invasion of the beaches in California because they're all saying, you know, 
some of them, uh, because they've been sort of wound up by some of the nutters over there. Uh, this is all a hoax, you know, it's all, it's all BS. We don't believe in coronavirus and actually we're fine. It's only those Mexicans that have got it down in Florida, which of course, as everybody knows, is not the place where Mexicans tend to hang out. You know, the Cubans are in Florida, the Mexicans tend to be in Southern California. So Will, I mean, it, it is a bizarre thing to see Donald Trump, particularly when you see, I suppose, the way that Boris Johnson has been handling this since he's been back. I mean, we're hoping to see more of Boris, but I mean, he's been a, a, a sort of beacon of, 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 of common sense, hasn't he? Yeah, I mean, I think to a certain degree he has, Mike, I'd agree with you. But I think to pick up on the point that both you and Georgie were saying about people Googling, obviously, disinfectants as a cure for corona, they have actually had a notable number of cases in America of individuals who have subsequently used disinfectants in some form or another, either yeah. ingesting it or injecting it or otherwise. And the issue of people actually taking it seriously, I mean, again, you mentioned about Mexicans in Florida. Well, we know uh, some of our American cousins don't have a great grasp of, uh, of geography, to be fair. Uh, but I think fundamentally, it's the way that Trump has tried to retract things and these stupid statements by saying it was sarcasm. Yeah. So he almost puts himself in a far worse position of incriminating himself. And then in terms of these various states that are resisting the lockdown, I was seeing this morning that, in fact, there were a number of these states that were trying to sue their local governors mm. to say that they were under false imprisonment. I mean, you couldn't make it up. And unfortunately, there are many, many smarter people who unfortunately will suffer as a consequence mm. of the majority of stupids which appear to be out there. Yeah, I'm afraid so. Georgie, who's your first nomination? Okay, um, being that we've had a gap and I'm allowed to do this, I couldn't pick one. So I've literally picked many thousands of people. <laughs> and I termed them all lockdowners because this is both sides of the coin. This is those who flout the rules really, really badly, as we've seen over the weekend. And well, since it's been really sunny. I mean, there was a party of 30, I believe, in Lanarkshire that made a, a lot of the press. Yeah. This yeah. weekend. But there's been other ones as well. And can I just say footballers have been by and large, very good. There's been a few notable exceptions. Moyes Keane, for one, yeah. uh, who had a, a party. I understand it was a lap dancing party, which I'm pretty confident I, is not two metres social distancing. <laughs> but, you know, um, I have limited experience on that. So perhaps you can tell me. But we've, as a country, committed to doing this. You know, people have lost their jobs, their yeah. lives. Well, listen, I haven't. I have, their I, lives, for God's sake, yeah. people. Yeah, I mean, you know, I was having a go. In fact, last week on Planks, it was Cressida Dick uh, who got into the top 10 because of that ridiculous uh, behaviour on Westminster Bridge, you know. But then she did, and they did it again, the second Thursday. Now, I'm assured by Ken Marsh, who's from the Metropolitan Police Federation, that they're not going to do it this Thursday. But people look at that and they go, well, hang on a minute. If the police are standing up there sort of effectively dancing about and clapping next to a load of people who drive out ambulances who don't seem very far away from each other, then we're all going to do it. And I always find it interesting, Will, I don't know about you, but uh, people tend to want to express their freedom a lot more on a nice sunny afternoon than they do on a day like today when it's pouring. Yeah, no, it's, it's surprising actually how you are seeing so many more people congregating in the sort of recreational areas, parks, sort of open spaces to a certain extent. And I mean, and, and you, I kind of get it, to be honest, Mike. I, I, I think it's really very, very difficult when the weather's great outside. I mean, yeah. obviously today the weather's not so brilliant. So staying indoors isn't going to be so much of a punishment. But when the summer is beginning to encroach on us more, and last week was a great example of that, to expect people to stay indoors is, is a super challenge. And Georgie's absolutely right. But for how long a period 
can you expect people to reasonably and rationally say endorse? Because yeah. I know certainly many people I talk to, they're kind of getting bored. Yeah, well, that's the trouble. I mean, Georgie, I'm one of the victims of it. I may not look like a victim because I've got quite a nice flat in London, but I haven't seen my kids for five weeks. And more importantly, I haven't seen the dog either. You know, and we're on FaceTime and we're on house party and we're on all those things that you can see each other on, but it's not the same. And I feel as though the reason I'm not doing that is because it's quite a long drive down to Sussex, right? And I'm actually uncharacteristically concerned about the drive itself because there's loads of people out there driving like absolute idiots. I mean, in London itself, you see people overtaking, going through red lights, you know, as if there's no uh, tomorrow. It's like Mad Max. And apparently people are driving around on the motorways at about 150, 160 miles an hour. But my first nomination is going to be from the political world. It's going to be Ed Davey, or Sir Ed Davey, as I discovered. Uh, he's remarkably uh, managed to get himself a title, uh, a knighthood. I don't know why. But he apparently is still the kind of uh, temporary head of the Lib Dems, which for some reason decided all kind of en masse to become Ramadan fanatics, right? So Ed Davey films himself basically um, through what looked like a very dirty uh, phone um, camera, because it's all kind of misted up. It looks as if he's, you know, put Vaseline on it like David Hamilton used to do all those years ago. And he's sitting in the kitchen whispering as if he doesn't want to wake anybody up, telling us all how this is his first morning of fasting for Ramadan because he wants to be in solidarity with his Muslim brothers. And I'm going, you know, it's all very well, mate, but what the hell are you doing? Why are you doing it? He doesn't do Passover. He hasn't done Easter, but he does Ramadan. And you can only say that I'm afraid uh, he's clearly just trying to sort of weasel his way into the Muslim community to win a few votes. Layla Moran did it as well, but at least she's got a bit of an excuse because she's half Palestinian. So you know, I don't mind that. But then there was another one, even worse than that, a name I, I can't even remember, but he was a councillor, a Lib Dem councillor, Will, uh, who put out his first broken meal that he was going to have after the fast, bacon and eggs. <laughs> <laughs> Not exactly Brilliant. eaten in most houses that are observing Ramadan. So, I mean, you know, Ed Davey, I'm afraid, is, is my big contender for the week. I, I think any of these virtue signaling sort of idiots just do my head in. I, I think that Lib Dem councillor and the eggs and bacon was just brilliant. And in fact, I don't think I stopped laughing for about five minutes when I read, saw the picture and his apology and retraction to the yes. Muslim UK uh, Association, various other sort of Muslim groups to basically say, oops, sorry, kind of got that one wrong. And you just think that is so spectacularly wrong. I couldn't even make it up hmm. to be worse than that. Yeah. Brilliant. So, Will, who's your second nomination for Plank of the Week? So my second nomination, Michael, is going to be the lovely Posh Spice herself, oh, yes. Victoria Beckham. Um, and I think, as you will have seen, obviously, in the press and was widely reported, uh, particularly by your good friend, uh, Mr. Morgan, uh, there was some controversy over her following her staff. And I don't have the issue necessarily with businesses following staff. I think that's really important. And I think in these uncertain times, we've got to have this um, sort of underpinning or underwriting, obviously, of workers and ensuring that they continue to uh, receive some income to pay for their mortgages, their livelihoods and everything else. But I think the issue with Victoria Beckham is the fact that her business and her brand, as far as I've been informed, has not been successful for many years, is reporting losses every single year. And to be honest, she has still accrued a considerable income from it. And I think ultimately, much like Ed Sheeran has done, that she should contribute to it. And so there's less of a burden on the taxpayer. And there are certain circumstances where I think there is a moral compass that needs to be set here for people that do have considerable wealth, probably more wealth than many of us would be able to spend in many lifetimes. 
about then leaning on the government that is already overburdened. Yes, I think that's right. Georgie, I mean, I don't know whether you were able to hear all of that, but basically yeah. uh, Posh Spice has probably got the ability to make money as well while the lockdown is on. So I think Will's right, don't you? Um, I mean, look... Looking at Victoria Beckham's fashion empire, you're absolutely right. I use fashion empire rather loosely because most of the money she's had to be bailed out, I believe, by, by her husband. It's not been very successful. Yeah. So then the argument is what? Should she have just should she have just closed it? And therefore, what happens to all of those staff then? They're not entitled to any money whatsoever. So at least those staff that are being furloughed at the moment will get some money. Where I get very nervous is when we start pointing the finger at individuals. And I felt the same about footballers. I feel the same about millionaires. I don't feel the same about companies. I did feel incredibly uncomfortable about the likes of, say, McDonald's furloughing their staff. When you think about how much they pay you know, shareholders, mm. how much money they have as, as, a, as a big, big global brand, that to me feels a lot easier to, uh, to point the finger of blame there. There are plenty of reasons why she should be in Plank of the Week. However, I'm a little bit nervous about pointing the finger of blame at individuals. Yes. I think uh, with Will, though, I'm, I'm, I'm with him on, on Victoria Beckham because, I mean, as much as I, I don't dislike her particularly, um, but I do think they have got acres and acres of money um, and maybe they should have been a little bit more socially responsible. But, uh, but I take your point. Yeah. Georgie, Georgie, sorry, Will, go on. Yeah, no, I was just going to say, I, I agree with everything that Georgie said. And I think uh, when it's a big name brand in terms of it being somewhat ambiguous and innocuous like McDonald's, then there is no one name above the door. But I think if your name is above the door, this is why I'm kind of conflicted, much like you, perhaps on the Richard Branson situation mm -hmm. and about requesting the bailout for Virgin. Uh, Virgin Atlantic, he is just a figurehead. He isn't intrinsically involved in it. But I think with uh, with regards to Victoria Baker, Beckham, and this may sound terribly hypocritical, but I think when your name's above the door, it's a brand which, let's be fair, in all intents and purposes, is seen as a vanity project, perhaps, and that might be a, a fair, an unfair criticism. But I think now is the time to shine, uh, not necessarily start posting pictures of elaborate birthday parties for your kids that are going to cost 100 grand. And then talk about putting the burden on the, mm. the taxpayer. Yes. I don't know. I think that's, I think that's fair enough. Um... Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. 
J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Georgie, what's your second nomination? So my next nomination is Piers Morgan. You know he's a friend of mine, right? I mean, every time he gets nominated, I get it in the neck from him. It was the rant, and I call it a rant, at the safeguarding minister, Victoria Aitkins, for not knowing about the pandemic uh, preparedness test. It wasn't just this interview, but it is excruciating to watch some of the interviews he does. I mean, when he's starting to accuse them of laughing, really? Really? I just don't think that's really appropriate. But her role as a safeguarding minister is to deal with issues of domestic abuse, modern slavery, child abuse, stalking, all those sorts of issues. And as we've got stats out at the moment saying calls to domestic abuse charities have have gone up 50%, killings of children and women have gone up of doubled during the first three weeks of lockdown, are these not the issues that we should be talking to? And I'm not suggesting that you can't be hard with ministers. I'm absolutely no apologist for the government in anything, in any way, shape or form. But by descending it to levels where you say, how dare you, accusing ministers of not taking this issue seriously, of accusing them of laughing, you're making the story about you, which as a broadcaster, I think is just dangerous in these times. It's unnecessary. We should focus on the real issues and ask the real questions in a respectful manner. I mean, it's not just the first time, like I said. There were other ministers, the care minister, for not knowing the country's home death toll. Right, OK, fair enough. But you want to have accurate figures with which to put out. I don't think ministers are deliberately withholding information not to put out just for the sake of doing it. We need to have a bit of, I don't know. No, I, just, I know what you mean. I mean, I have to say, I don't have any sympathy for the ministers who are being hectored because it is their job to know what the figures are. And if you're not getting briefed properly when you go on to see Piers Morgan, then I think there's something very wrong with your preparation. Even if you not prepare, even if you have a pre prepared answer, which is going to keep him at bay. You know, I'm not going to defend Piers because I don't agree that his, his style is, is right either. But I mean, that's his style and that's what he's done. And that's what he's now going to do. So if you're a minister, Will, and you're going to go on the show, you know that's what's going to happen. Yeah, no, I, th I think whoever is doing their briefing before they actually go on, uh, hasn't changed that briefing sheet or that syllabus for at least the last five years because mm. the problem is is they just keep taking it away from topic into something entirely different and with someone you know who is quite ferocious like Piers Morgan he's not going to let them get away but I do take on board Georgie's point I think Georgie's point is the valid point here and that is that she came on to talk about a very very serious issue of domestic abuse and the fact that there is an awful lot of people who'd be watching the programme that are looking to see what support structures are in place, what's being done by the government about it. I think for peers to have got on to the whole issue about previous pandemic crisis management exercises, yeah, it's a valid point, but it's the wrong person. Uh, he should be bringing that up with the person specifically relevant to that point of the, that, on that particular interview. I think he should have been drawing back to the, the, the focus of a domestic abuse because that was lost by the end of the interview. And I did see it this morning. Well, I will reluctantly include Piers Morgan once again in the top 10, but I shall do my level best to make sure that he doesn't become the number one plank because then he's really going to go for me. Um, I'm going to, I was going to do Jeremy Corbyn, right, for turning up for the first Prime Minister's questions um, at the age of 70. 
because he felt like he absolutely had to be in the House of Commons instead of just doing it like we're doing this on Skype, which was what most people were doing. And the idea that, you know, people say, oh, well, he's very fit and he's a very well and healthy man. That's fine. Well, it's well, he's still going against the suggested behaviour. I've got friends who are over 70 who are very fit and they're fed up to the back teeth because they're not going anywhere. And so I don't see why he should think of himself to be any different. But I've decided not to put Jeremy Corbyn in because despite the fact that he is a plank and, and would normally exist in, in any plank of the list week, it's going to be Music UK for me this week because um, I don't know if you saw what happened, but they've basically made Tom Watson, the former deputy leader of the Labour Party, a man who hounded and absolutely hung out to dry several members of the music business for being part of this Carl Beach kind of paedophile network. That, um, you know, they all are absolutely up in arms about it. And UK Music, uh, who previously had a guy doing it called Michael Duger, I think, who was a former uh, Labour Party cabinet minister. So it's obviously some kind of inside job. Tom Watson knows nothing about music. He's been to Glastonbury. That's about his only qualification. And he gave an interview once where he said he quite liked Elvis Costello. But the music business is trying to get him out. And I would concur with that. And Music UK, in which he's supposed to now be the kind of, um, you know, the representative of the music business as a lobbyist to various polit political groups is a complete nonsense. So it's not Tom Watson, but it's Music UK for me, Will. What do you think? You know what, Mike? I haven't really been across that story, but I do know a few people in the music world. And I have to say, Tom Watson, again, is probably just looking for a job. I mean, I'm, I'm sorry that you're not going with um, Jeremy Corbyn, though, Mike, I have to say, because uh, <laughs> his brother, Piers, uh, Piers Corbyn, did you see this the story around him? I did actually. We could have done the Corbins together, couldn't we? Maybe yeah. I'll make, well, maybe I'll bring that back for my third nomination because Piers Corbyn was down uh, talking to people about the five G nonsense, wasn't he? Yes, and he was also claiming the coronavirus uh, was a conspiracy. You know. Yeah, I mean, I'm afraid to say that there was a time when I used to get him on my show as a guest. He's now banned from my show because he talks absolute nuts of cobblers. Georgie, what do you make of it? He has the ears to politicians, which if you're a lobbying group for an industry, that is what you want. I, I'm not defending the, you know, I'm sure there's plenty of people who do have a music background and also have the ears of many politicians. But that's probably why they've done it. Yes, you may well be right. Well, what's your uh, what's your third one, Will? Well, this is again, it's a group one. Uh, I think we're going with a lot of groups this week. Uh, for me, it's NHS procurement. I like it. And... I don't know where to start with these guys. Um, I, I've been studying their whole supply chain process quite intrinsically, you know, independent of the, the big sort of panorama that went on last night uh, in terms of their inefficiencies. And I know a few people who are in the supply chain, um, certainly in providing equipment to various different groups, organizations, governments, that sort of thing. And it's just been an unmitigated disaster. And I do actually know some people who were connected into NHS procurement historically and I've said that fundamentally, it's just not run by business people. It's run primarily by civil servants who don't really understand how the process works, uh, that are used to conventional ordering streams, which have been very straightforward. I know someone who is providing rapid tests you know, for antibodies, and there is an actual sort of portal on the government website to register as a, an approved supplier or a potential approved supplier. And they told me that the actual website itself had crashed and wasn't working for days. The same, obviously, we saw with the essential workers who could apply for getting tested. You know, that website crashed. It just wasn't prepared for the capacity that we hear about the government attributing, you know, the equipment in numbers uh, by individual gloves rather than by pairs. You know, there are, the, the whole thing is such a mess. And 
this question mark about there just not being enough supply of PPE. I know certainly I will get or my office will get at least four or five messages a day from various companies that can provide it. And it's not from lack of um, equipment being available. It's from lack of ability to be able to process it. Mm. And of course, the usual suspects line up every single day to ask questions of the government about it, when the government actually has been quite magnanimous. They haven't dumped anybody in it. They haven't dumped NHS procurement in it. They've sort of tried to explain why there have been shortages and why there's a worldwide shortage of PPE, which is hardly surprising because so many people need it. And to say that you've supplied billions and billions of pieces of it and they're still running out, I think gives you the scale of the problem. But I think that's a very good nomination, Will. But, but, Mike, I don't think there is a shortage. I mean, obviously, there is a global demand for this equipment, mm. but so many different industries have stepped up. The manufacturing process is running around the clock across the world. So mm. I, I think this excuse of there being shortage is a stall tactic. Uh, I, however, in some defense, maybe of the government in terms of the testing forecasts and uh, objectives that they're claiming that they're going to achieve 100,000 in the next two days or by two days time. Uh, I think is probably more about inaccurate information and intelligence being given to the government briefing team. I think they're being fed um, obscure and ambiguous information, which unfortunately they're, they're staking um, their targets on. And I think the problem is, is that if the government keep making these very clear targets, it's just undermining their credibility every time they don't fulfill them. Yeah, I agree. So who's your third uh, nominee, Georgie? A gentleman by the name of Vaughan Gething. Oh, yes. Uh, yes, oh, yes. Um, who, unfortunately, in these times, as we're all getting used to technology and <laughs> the technological fails that come with it, there also come personal fails with technology. And this was a good one. This is the Welsh Health, Wales Health Minister, Vaughan Gething, who had to apologise after basically being caught on a Zoom meeting, making... Should we call it derogatory remarks uh, about a Labour colleague? I'll say no more because he had forgotten to mute his mic or he'd forgotten to shut his mouth, whichever way you like to look at it. Um, yes, anyway, Jenny Rathbone News basically happened after he'd been asked questions about the Welsh Government response, right. etc. Et he'd been criticised earlier in the day by Dominic Raab for his handling of um, the coronavirus issue in um, in Wales. Uh, look, I mean, people are asking, calling for him to quit. I'm not sure that I necessarily agree with that. I don't think that was an appropriate time, but I do think it's a, it's a timely reminder to everyone to get a handle on technology um, while we have to use it in these. <laughs> and in and, these and also the, the, the well-worn adage that whenever there's a microphone in the room, it's probably best not to swear at any yeah. point. Because I think he referred to, did not refer to her as that effing woman that or something like that? I will allow you to say that, Mike. That is precisely what he yes. said. Well, at least I didn't actually say the F word. Will, I mean, that was quite a moment, wasn't it? I think that's classic. I mean, it's got smacks of in the thick of it. It's uh, got Gordon Brown all <laughs> over it. I mean, it's it's just classic political sort of mic drops, isn't it? Plankery, Brilliant. total plankery. I mean, there's a lot of it about. I'm surprised in a way that we haven't seen more of it because of the new technology. I was telling you guys earlier that last, I think it was last week, the Guardian guy with no trousers made it onto the list because uh, he stood up. And you just have this vision of people sitting, I'm not making any accusations today, uh, of people sitting in front of their laptops without any trousers on, you know, because lots of people just pad about the house in their, their pajamas or a pair of shorts. Um, and Nigel Farage got caught out with his pink shorts the other week, didn't he? So um, I, bet, I guess we just all have to beware of, uh, of uh, the cameras.
the cameras and the mics. Yeah, like, exactly right. Now, I've been thinking about changing my nomination of the Corbins, but I tr I, I, I'm troubled because my third nomination I really like, and it's Dr. Emily Cousins. Now, I don't know if you remember this woman. She is the Oxford professor uh, who also works at the LSE. She works, I think, at Brooks um, College, but she also works at the LSE. She's called a researcher. I'm not quite sure what she researches, but she was the woman who, when it was announced by Matt Hancock that... Uh, he was delighted to say that UCL, I think, and Oxford University were now in the very forefront of researching a vaccine. And they were quite well on uh, with the research they'd been doing. And along with China and I think Germany as well, um, they were racing to try and find a vaccine that they could test on humans. And they were hopeful that the testing on humans could begin relatively soon. She came out and said that she hoped that Britain did not actually find the virus, first, virus uh, vaccine first because she knew what would then happen and it would basically be that all these idiots would walk around saying that Britain was best and Britain was forefront of scientific communities and that China caused this virus and Britain cured the world. To which I said, well, what's wrong with that exactly? Uh, she doesn't want us to get the, vi the vaccine because she thinks we'll be too kind of uh, British Empire about it, for heaven's sake. Will. I don't even know where to start with that, Mike. I mean, <laughs> I'm kind of, well, yeah, I, I am actually lost for words. I mean, how could one, how could one see any kind of logical reason behind that argument? Yeah. So now we're at that point. Both of you have done this before. Uh, we have yeah. to wheedle it down from nine nominations to three. So I think, Georgie, I'm going to pick yours, if you don't mind. You yeah. pick Will's and Will can pick mine. So your three are, once more. My three yeah. are lockdowners. Yeah. yeah. Here's Morgan. Yeah. And born getting. Yeah. See, that's quite tough, that isn't it? I think it's going to have to be the lockdowners because they are the ones who are probably the most trouble over the course of the whole weekend that's just gone past. So I'm going to go with lockdowners. Of course, the others will still be in the top ten. So Piers Morgan doesn't escape. Uh, don't worry. <laughs> and and so why don't you choose Will? Will, tell us your three. Okay. So my three were Trump. Victoria Beckham yeah. and NHS procurement. I think I know where this is going. Victoria Beckham, I'm going to say no. Right. Donald Trump, I'm going to say he he's a keeper. He you know he can go in any time really. I mean everybody knows he's number one every week. Uh, him and and Harry and Meghan. Um, <laughs> it's going to be for me NHS procurement. That's good actually. Now you surprised me there. I thought you were going to pick Trump. But you know what? That's interesting because. Um, Harry and Meghan will still be, I think I may carry them over because, you know, we carry one over from the week before. And I think Harry and Meghan just still have to be in there because, you know, they, they, they come out with the most nonsensical nonsense all the time. So my three that you have to pick from, Will, uh, are um, Dr. Emily Cousins, UK Music and Sir Ed Davey. I think without question, Dr. Emily Cousins, because Ooh. I think she's probably more of a risk <laughs> to our safety and our health than anything yes, else. I think you may well be right. So we've got Dr. Emily Cousins, we've got NHS procurement, and we've got the lockdowners. So which of the one, which of those three do we kick out to get to the final two? Georgie, which one would you move? Uh, I would kick out Dr. Emily. Okay. Just because she could be really lots of people on Twitter, to be honest. And, you know, no. No, no I okay. don't, don't found more fuel to that sort of nonsense, okay. no. All right. Will? Okay, I'll kick out Dr. Emily too. I so, think so that means we're down. Okay, so I'll go along with that. That means we're down to two groups then: NHS procurement, which might be a very popular choice, or not. <laughs> um, can you imagine putting the NHS at the top of the planks list? I think we might might get attacked. 
Um, and then, and then I made I I quite like the lockdowners for the winner. To be honest, what do you think? I'm going to back down, obviously. Are you going to back the lockdowners? I'd I'd back lockdowners actually. Yeah, that, I'd back I'd back them. That that makes it unanimous then. So the lockdowners are the winners. So this week's planks are the lockdowners. So if you're out and about this weekend, you run the risk of becoming the plank of the week. Will Geddes, Georgie Frost, thank you so much. I think it's been a massive success. Hopefully, we'll do it again next week. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade.